Welcome to Candid Conversations with Kathy. My name is Kathy McSherry, and I'm so excited to dive into today's conversation. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast with Kathy McSherry, Candid Conversations with Kathy. And today I am so excited to talk to my BFF. My best friend from, gosh, I'm going to say 48 years we've been friends, so people can do the math. We met in um, sixth or seventh grade. So seventh grade. Seventh, seventh grade. grade. Middle and of seventh grade. Yes, and that would be the most formative years because all through middle school, high school, we went to different colleges. Then I joined Michelle at the Fashion Institute in New York City, and basically fast forward, here we are today. Um, but one of the reasons I thought this would be a great podcast is because Michelle is also in real estate with her partner, Sherry Metco, and they work for Cobble Banker in New Jersey. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the differences in real estate, you know, not just East Coast, West Coast, but by state, there's um, the process, the process of a transaction is, is different. They use different people, things like that. Selling real estate, buying real estate, the same, but the process. Before I get into that, though, Michelle and Sherry, just tell me a little bit about how you guys met and why you real estate as your profession. All right. Do you want me to? I'll start, Sherry. I'll start. Michelle, you go first. So Sherry and I met when our girls were 18 months old. At, it was called Jimboree. Remember, Sherry? It was Jimboree. And we stayed in touch. And Sherry got into real estate, I think, 20 years ago. Like 2001. Yeah, something like 21 20 years. 20 years ago. I'm legal. I'm legal now. Yeah. And we, we've been friends. And um, she, we had lunch one day and she knew I was in sales for years in the Garmin Center. And and she's like, you know, I need help. And, but I, you know, I'm like, I would love to do real estate. I, you know, I, I can sell and I can merchandise and I could stage and like Sherry stages. We stage all our own listings. Listing. And Sherry's like, well, I can't help. You know, you, you need to get your license and then go ahead, Sherry. And then. The rest well, is Michelle, Michelle was born ready, as we all know. Okay. And know so, yeah. And so we just, we clicked and I really wouldn't get into business with anybody else but Sherry. So, and we're calling. Now how many years have you guys been? At, oh, sorry. There's a time delay. We're Zooming for all those of you listening because we're on separate coasts. Okay. How many years have you guys been partners in real well, estate? Years? I almost seven years. Almost seven. Because I, I was doing this since 2001. And then um, it just, the business changed enough and I got my broker's license and I thought there's no one I would really want to work with me, but Michelle would be perfect. So I think it was almost seven years that we've been doing it's this. Almost, it's almost, I can't be. imagine, I cannot imagine, honestly, Kathy doing this myself anymore. There's no way. You don't have to sell my Michelle on me. Because <laughs> I, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry's. We could talk all day about that. 
I wanted to, um, you know, in regards to real estate, when I say the process is different, I have to say I've been practicing, I've been licensed since 2000 myself. So I've been in the business for over right. 20 years. And it, I had no idea, because I've been licensed in Nevada and California, that the process is different by state. I know that you have to get licensed in each state, but I didn't understand when Michelle would talk to me about having a real estate attorney. I'm like, an attorney? Why would you need an attorney? So one thing I just wanted for anybody listening, that's important to know that um, the process itself differs by state, but for since you're in Jersey and on the East Coast, what does a real estate attorney do or bring to the transaction? Well, Sherry, they, or Michelle, go ahead, Sherry, you want to start? Michelle, you can speak to that. Go Not ahead. A lot. <laughs> no. Well, they do. They We work with the attorneys. They pick once. Once we receive a fully executed contract, um, it goes now. Now the buyer or the seller, they do not have to have an attorney. They do not. It's, yeah, it's their choice. It's and their choice. But who picks the buyer or the seller? They both pick their own attorneys. Oh, they have to have separate attorneys. They don't yes, have they to. Do. They don't have to, but it's it's better that they do because. What's the liability if I choose to? go into a transaction, I'm buying a home, and I say, no, I don't want to have an attorney. I'll just do my own paperwork. Good luck with that. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> because because contracts are complicated. Well, right. you know what? It's, it's, it's very challenging because every state is different. Michelle and I were talking about this the other day. My brother's an attorney, and he works as a realtor as well as an attorney in Pennsylvania. They don't use, they don't use attorneys. But for us, you know, although Michelle and I do the bulk of the management until we get to the fully executed contract, once it's fully executed, it's out of our hands, which for us is a huge relief because somebody who's charging a flat fee, which is not nearly enough for the number of hours that people waste their time, a flat fee to navigate the transaction. And, you know, of course, we have to pitch in the woman that we recommend sometimes has us as her paralegal. She doesn't uh -huh. have a scanner that day. Or right, whatever. right. But it's, you know, um, it just, they, they prepare legal documents. They know the laws. So, right. so here we use escrow, right? That's a neutral third-party account that handles both sides of transactions. And they execute the contract based on, you know, what it says. So, you know, if I write in that it closes in 30 days, that they make sure all that's done. But they, they're neutral because they hold all the monies and they do it for both parties. So well, who holds the deposit and the monies? Use the attorney does. Uh, One so of them. Usually it's the buyer's part. attorney that holds uh, the money, the deposits. Yeah. And they're, they're also in yeah. me. Go ahead. And they're in contact with the, the title company. They they also um, once we have an inspection they get together with the buyer or the seller on both sides, on both part, on either party. Oh, negotiate repair. And they negotiate the repairs. That's what I up. found different because in California, the agent negotiates the repairs. Well, I yeah. think that happens in a lot of states. The onus is off of us, even though we still are involved. And because we use a certain couple of people, particularly one individual, we're kind of in the loop all the time. But as soon as we have the fully executed contract, we really don't have to deal with anything. And you don't pay for it. Well, they pay for it. But again, it's a flat fee. If you, were, if you were charging her, if the hours she spends with people, I, I can't imagine spending like 
17 or $1,900 for a transaction when she's actually billable hour wise, she would be making so much more money, but she enjoys it. But she kind of keeps the deal together. And oftentimes, mm -hmm. if the other attorney is someone she knows, it helps because right. they've worked together before. And, and the bottom line is everybody wants to get to the closing. So everybody wants to close. And it's also nice to have the attorney because during a walkthrough, if something goes wrong, if there is a leak in the pipe or, you know, anything can go until right. the bitter end. You know, the, the, the toilet was working the day before and then all of a sudden you're flushing it. And this has happened to us, right, Sherry? It's happened to us where you flush the toilet during the walkthrough and it starts leaking. So um, then you call the attorney and they work together. The attorney, we all have the best interest in our clients, but they also legally either hold money, they work it out together. So yeah. I think for me, it was enlightening because if I was ever to refer somebody, they were moving to the East Coast, I would want, um, I would, expectations, right? I would want, one of you to say, listen, we do it differently here in Jersey or New York than in California. And this is how the process goes. Because I was on the other end of a transaction once and somebody had bought property in Colorado. And for whatever reason, when we closed here, she thought they paid her right out at the table. And I said, no, they got to close the funds and do X, Y, Z. And, and her expectation went down the toilet and she related the entire transaction to um, closing, which we did everything by law and, and normal practice, but she was expecting something, a different result because she had purchased real estate in Colorado. So it was an eye opener for me to investigate when I'm gonna send somebody to another state, even another county, people do things differently. <clears throat> to just explain the process because I, I felt yeah, like- I just I, if I were to go to another state and they don't really use attorneys, I'm buying a big purchase. It's a big right. purchase. I would want a real estate attorney, not an attorney, right? And not, it not has a regular to be real estate because these regular attorneys, they're great for with whatever they do, but you have to hire a real estate attorney because they know the ins and the outs. Of the yes, law. but not in not in California, not in states when you don't use them because we don't. It would be weird for to hire an attorney. It's it's not used. It's an escrow company. You know, the thing is, like, things are different in every state. Remember, um, Michelle, we had that couple coming from Chicago, and they had. It's very backwards. It's bass backwards a little bit in New Jersey, where you do the inspection prior after you get the house, then you do the inspection, and then you decide if you still want it, as opposed right. to. Connecticut, New York, most other reasonable states where you do the inspection first, you drive a car before you buy it, you look at the house before you buy it. Well, no, you don't inspect it until after you've already secured it. And you yeah, might that's not like it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's bad and we have to manage that, Michelle and I, every time someone's yeah. going from a place where it's done the way that seems to make more sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the inspection report does go, goes to us, but it also goes to the attorney. And we all discuss it. We discuss, but really we wait for the attorney's report. The attorney right. writes it up and we wait for the report and we go to our client and we're like, okay, this is not, this is not reasonable. Like some of the negotiator. We help negotiate. We, we, 
we work together as a team with the attorney. It's not just them and us. And we all were constantly on the phone with the attorney. We're constantly on the phone with our clients, the buyer or the seller, depending on which side we're on. Got it. So, and we're all together. Um, so, so we can all, uh, my whole takeaway was things are different per state, you know, um, educate your client to make them aware so they don't fall short in their expectations at the end. I just was wondering if you guys had experienced it and kind of sounds like you had a similar situation. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, oh no, go ahead. Would you as a real professional, I think your whole life is managing expectations. Exactly, no that is all true. about. And that's in every profession. In any job, it's not just real estate, but a lot of people don't do that. So they're surprised. You don't want surprises throughout the transaction. There are enough stresses as it goes, you know? Exactly. That's my point. Hey, sorry to interrupt our conversation. I just want to take a minute in case anybody has any real estate questions or concerns, please reach out to me at Kathy at KathyMcSherry.com or my website, KathyMcSherry.com. I'd be happy to help. Now let's get back to our conversation. Okay, so Michelle and Sherry, as you know, all know, we all know, the world knows, the interest rates, you know, they've climbed 4%, four points since, I mean, yeah, points, not percent, since last year. And of course, I'm feeling a pause over here in California and on the West Coast. Um, pricing is coming down just a little bit and People affordability, people can't that it's knocking the first time home buyer out. So yes. I'm gonna say that it's still per area because the homes on the water, you know, ocean views, they never really lose their value, maybe a little bit, maybe days on markets a little longer. But what are you guys seeing on the east coast? I think it's it's parallel to the west coast. It's it's mm -hmm. both both ends of the country are very desirable and there's limited inventory. So even though there may be a little bit people who are first time buyers and might be taking a pause, as you said, because of the interest rates, there are much more affordable properties that will be coming on, I think, going forward. But currently, if there's no inventory, it drives the price up, even if the house doesn't warrant that. Right. That. It's yeah, we're only just for the, the, the listeners, um, we're only an hour from Manhattan. So we still we're still desirable. Um, right. But like you both said, it's also the first time home buyers. It's a, it's affecting them. And days on market is a little bit longer. There's still no inventory. And that is is challenging. It's it's still challenging. The, the seller, especially if they're a downsizer, they still don't have anywhere to go. Right. The replacement property, because even if they want to sell now, they don't have anywhere to go. So it's a trickle down effect. Right. I've seen <clears throat> the same thing as well. What is um, either Caldwell Banker or your team or your company? What are they seeing as a forecast in the future? Are they talking about it? You can't really. I mean, we're hoping. I mean, it's, I shouldn't say hoping. Right. Not well, do you think a recession's coming? And if the recession comes coupled with the high interest rates, how, what do you think the housing market's going to do on the East Coast? You know what? I think that's very cyclical, to be honest. Um, in 2001, when I started, interest rates were 10-ish. So right. I guess it's relative. It's always a cyclical situation. So the rates are going to go up. They're going to go down. It's just the nature of anything else in our in our world. But 
if people can afford it. And many of our, our buyers and sellers are very fortunate because people offer to pay cash. They say, well, forget the interest rates. I'm just going to buy this for cash. Yeah. Are you seeing a return of the investor, the cash deal? No. During, during COVID, we did. During we COVID. saw a lot of those. And, and the, it's, we are getting to open houses before we never got to an open house. It just, right. it was gone. It was gone. Now we are seeing it's, it's on the market for at least two weeks. Um, That's still quick. There are, it's still because before COVID, that it wasn't was even on the market. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah, good. It was a norm. Kathy, both of our, all of our, most of our listings during COVID, especially the initial few months, we didn't even put them on the market or people were waiting in line for them and paying way, way over the assessed value, way over the value that we During had. COVID? Really? Because we had, we just had big restrictions in California for showings, but we, I mean, I'd say last year, more than two years ago was our frenzy time where <clears throat> they hit the market, but you had multiple offers. So, I mean, if you could do a pocket listing, but then um, California changed, the MLS changed some of its rules for it because they wanted to get away from pocket listings. People, well, they want to make it fair for everybody. Pocket listings, but... Um, well, we not even hitting the market. If you sell it in your office or to somebody you know, they kind of, they looked down upon it. They wanted well, it's it. Not, it's not, oh, we it's looked down open. upon it too. I mean, that's just not that. It was just the fact that there was no inventory and people were so desperate. We would have the house on the market on a Wednesday with our office and we were ready to activate it on Friday. And they would call us and say, you know what, girls, um, we don't even want to put it on because we have four offers right now. We don't want people in our house. I know it was crazy. Yeah, they didn't want people in the house because they didn't want potential germs or spreading. I know. But I'm seeing like you, people are doing open houses. I mean, in my neighborhood in Mission Valley, San Diego, I didn't see any open house signs for, like you said, maybe a couple of years. And now on the weekends, I'll see some signs back out again. And we've, we've also seen, depending on the house, um, price repositioning. So, which we there wasn't that much during the height of COVID, obviously. But I think, you know, some of the sellers can be a little like you know they want a little more and before it's like okay well what do you want and they okay, just let's list it <laughs> okay. well in this kind of turnaround the sellers some people think because their neighbor six months ago got xyz yes and they don't want to they don't want to come down and it also depends on what it looks like I mean, exactly. buyer is very savvy. So yeah. they know what's out there and it depends. Is it, is it move-in ready? Is it a disaster? Is it priced to, to, to be move-in ready? Is it priced to, that it needs work? So right. that's, you know, it's- but you know, Kathy can appreciate this. Back in the day, people actually listened to us and said, oh yeah, advise me, share with me. What do I do? Now, as Michelle and I are experiencing, Whatever we say, it doesn't matter because they know more than we do. Yeah, I know, I know. But, and, and what's sad is I've seen this play where it, they lose money or they go with the agent that gives them what they want to hear. And then, you know, that's that. And then you watch that sale sit on the market and then yes. price reduction and you've just alienated your true buyer. So it's, you know, 
for anybody listening, it's very important to hire people that are going to explain the transaction, that are going to be honest with you, right? We all don't like to hear some things, but I'd rather have honesty than lose money and right. traction by going in at the wrong price. Well, I've got to say, it's been fabulous talking to both of you. Yes. Um, currently, how's your business right now? Are you busy? Are you waiting for more inventory? Did the holidays affect it at all? Well, there's no inventory. So, and it's, um, it's, it's still, it's still a challenge to help our buyers find what they want. And it's also a challenge to get those sellers to um, Dallas somewhere else, right, Sherry, wouldn't you say? Well, the, people, the people who bought their houses in the 80s and early 90s spent 200. Now the house is worth 1.2, but they don't know where they're going. They don't have anywhere to go. And they've paid Unless their they have a mortgage. Where are they going to go? Spend $3,000 for a two-bedroom? But remember, where you are and where we are, the prices are extremely high. It's like Manhattan. or, And if people can afford it, great. Honestly, it's it's a very tough thing for people who want to move, but they don't know where they're going. And if they don't know where they're going, then they don't want to sell. So that's really the juxtaposition because we have people who want to go somewhere, but where are they going to go? And they have no, no mortgage. Now they're going to have to spend all this money and they freak out. Are millennials um, a big demographic for you? Are they out there buying or are they waiting right now? We told them to wait, most of them, didn't we, Michelle? The, we save for, some, save them them wait, some of them don't. I mean, they can't. Or they're, um, they're a huge demographic for us. And we also have the downsizers that that who had somewhere to go. Um, we have those two. Um, we have people that want to live near family, whether they're coming here or moving out. Right. Um, like we have those life doesn't stop. You know, when people talk about the market, even going forward, I say the same thing because I happen to farm where I live in my area and people know me and they're still going to get divorced. They're still going to have familial status change, whether it's a marriage or a death, God forbid, or something crazy, a job reload. And as life goes on, you find yourself, you know, having to move. And um, that part is safe for me, but people getting in and out of the business, this is probably not the time because it's tough if you don't have a clientele already. You know, Sherry, you've been in the business for 27 you years. Know, you know, people who, who joined right before COVID think that it's so easy to do real estate. They right. haven't been in, in, in the places where even Michelle and I, when we were together, it, there was, there was, there's always pitfalls. And right now, between now and the end of the year is kind of our downtime. So we're trying to come up with things to, you know, get our market, get our, our um, business ready for, for the spring. But it's, it's, it's time to, you know, it's a time to kind of regroup and reevaluate, but it's, it's all about connections and the people who started who were new, who didn't have any. Yes, that's any, hard. Any connections. They didn't have, I mean, I, I made all my connections. My kids were two and a half and five, you know, they're 24 and 28, 27. Right. That was just my niche. So all those people and Michelle also had a lot of friends during that time. So a lot of our business uh, in the past three years is the people we knew for how many years, Michelle? 25 to 30 years. Yeah. You're saying, oh, I'm going to go to my beach house and make it bigger. I'm going to go buy an apartment in Manhattan and then I'll build a beach house later. So we were fortunate to be able to represent those individuals as sellers during COVID where they were just capitalizing on the market and we look like heroes. Right. But people who had kids, like um, 
our clients who bought a house before they had a baby, they were very fortunate to get what they got. But on balance, we told people just please wait because I wouldn't want my kids looking now. Even you know during COVID, even now they wouldn't want to be looking. Gabrielle and her fiance, they're not going to want to buy something right now. It's ridiculous. They should just rent. Well, they're not going to get what they want right now, but I have to say, I'm a big believer that you got to be in the game. So if you can't, if you were looking at 600, maybe you have to look at five, but to get a two bedroom and not the three bedroom, I don't know what it is, but I still think, you know, my first If you have that money, if you have that deposit and you have the money, then you should definitely buy. But if you can, then right. you have Keep to rent. Saving. Exactly. Or you, or you move home and save your money. Pardon me? That too. Or you move home and, <laughs> and well, save yeah. money. At, at any age, that can happen, right? Right. <laughs> so any words that you guys would like to sum up? It's been so great. Um, A, seeing you, Michelle, talking to you again, Sherry. Uh, if I have any clients that are going to move to the East Coast, you guys are my go-to. I know you would take great uh, care of them. Yes. And, and we will manage their expectations. Yes, managing expectations. But all yes. in all, holiday season does tend to be slow. I'm experiencing the same thing myself, but it gives me the time, like you said, to regroup, organize, and get marketing ready. Organize, for exactly. And just stay in contact with, with the people that you know. And any plans for either of you with the holidays? Oh. Well, of course, we're going to stay in contact. But any plans for the holidays for either of you? Going away, trips, anything? No, just staying here and then hosting. That's it. Well, then you can speak for yourself. I can't cook. I don't host. <laughs> I, just show, I just show up. I just show up. Okay, here's some wine. Whatever. I'm not, I can't cook. I can't sew. It's all good. But you know what? Michelle and I have really built... Um, a business where it's we were a little more discerning than we used to be and sometimes it's to our chagrin that we don't get a listing because we say no to the person but you know what you have to have self-respect now oh absolutely but you know i had to learn that myself and that that just comes with maturity and knowing who you are and what you can offer well, and um you know taking care of yourself well it's That's true because it goes both ways they're interviewing you and you're interviewing them Correct. So it goes both ways. Can is it a fit? So yeah. they're they're looking at you. Is this can we work with this person? And we also look at them. And you know, it's it's all about also trust and respect. Exactly. It's like dating. So, it's like dating. It's like dating. That's a good one. That when would be you a get to a certain you know who you're not going to fit with. We had we had a, a lot of opportunity, and we we. We kind of messed it up because we said, you know what? I don't want to work with them. And it, it's it's obviously money out of our pocket, but at a certain no, point, you feel like you need to have You can't back. put a price on that. Yeah. Correct. And also, sometimes I, I've had a, um, a transaction where it didn't look favorably upon me either. Like you enter into Well, that's, it has your name on it. That's yes. exactly it. Yeah. And um, it's just not worth the headache. But thank you both so much. I hope you both have great holiday season. Thank you, and I yes. hope you do too. Yes, and we will have to regroup um, next spring and see where the market has taken all of us. How about that? I think it's going to be fabulous. I love your energy. Put it this way, Kathy. It's always unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, right. Every day is a different story. That's it's always unbelievable. It could be unbelievable. <laughs> it's always well, unbelievable. Sherry, I never understand what we do. 
I'm her bestie on the Westie. You can be her Sherry over there in Jersey. I'm the Smith Sherry over here on the we Westie. Established on the West. It's very clear. No problem. <laughs> okay. Thank you both so much. Let's talk All right. to you soon. Happy, happy holidays. Thank you. You, you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Candid Conversations with Kathy, and I so look forward to speaking to all of you next week. Thanks again. Have a great day.